Yo, this is your boy Gallagher, and this is Common Conversations. Yo, so a couple of years ago, no, no lie, that's a lie. A couple of months ago, or maybe more than a couple of months ago, a good friend of mine called and said, hey, we should do a new podcast. And I said, no. Um, and then she said, I got this great idea. And I said, well, what is it? And she said, we should talk about real stuff. And I was like, I do talk about real stuff. And then she was like, no, nah, we need to get a little bit more specific. And I said, okay, what are we going to do here? And so Missy, um, who you're going to hear later with Dan, right, who come bring, brought in Dan Cannon is like all things equity and inclusion and restorative justice and bail bond. And did I say that right, Missy? Bail fund? Bail yeah, fund. Bail there fund. it is. Bail fund, right? I'm, you know, I, I'm, yeah, we're going to skip that statement I was about to make. But this yeah. is Common Convo, right? And so we're going to launch this new series called The Move Forward, A New Hope. Yes, I'm playing with The New Hope. We're going to have some dope graphics. Um, I also told Missy I would be on my best behavior. So there's no cussing jar in this one. So anyone who's accustomed to listening to any of my other podcasts, I do not promise that I will not say a bad word or a word that is perceived bad by um, society. Um, but I am going to do my best not to call people like Mike Pence and inbred. Um, I'm going to do my best not to use swear words. Um, but we're going to talk and have real conversations with guests who are local to Louisville, Kentucky, Southern Indiana. And if you're listening and you don't know where or what a Southern Indiana is, some people make the mistake and think Evansville because Evansville is kind of the most Southern West part of Indiana. So we're going to be talking about the more central South. South Central? <laughs> South Central yeah, part. Yeah. South Central Indiana. Everybody wants to be like Compton. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, gentrification and all. Mm -hmm, but um, mm -hmm. yeah, so we're going to be talking about Floyd, Clark County, Harrison, and there may be some sprinkled other counties in the space as it relates to where we are just in the world, just period, right? Just kind of in the world. So you're going to help Missy jump in here. She actually may even take the lead. But if you're listening and if you're too Tuning in. Uh, we appreciate you. This is the podcast. This is Common Conversations, The Move Forward, The New Hope. Yes. I'm going to have some theme music for that soon. Lightsaber sounds? Oh, that's, yeah. We, yeah, that's definitely fabulous. Okay. So we're going to add some. Hopefully, we don't get sued. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we may have to make our own saber sounds, right? I, I'm happy to do that. Cool. So if you end up being a guest, like if you're listening and you want to be a guest, understand this is just a conversation, right? It's it's we are all experts in our own right. Mm. Is that is that how we're how mm -hmm. we're basing this? So there's there's nothing in my world that is ever um not allowed to be discussed, right? And so we get the privilege of saying I don't know. We get the privilege of saying um I'm unsure. Um and then we get the privilege of having an opinion. So I'm not a journalist, it's not my job to tell you all the time if it's fact. You need to go look that ish up. Mm -hmm. um, but I do have an opinion about how things happen. And so our guests are both, I think, pseudo, right? They, they're going to be experts in, in spaces. In but field. at the same time, we're going to actually poke at them sometimes so that we can get meat, right? The, the unknown factor, not the scripted PR document that was written up for them to go out into the world and tell the world to say, oh, this is how it is because, you know, our, our press agent said so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So Missy, tell, you know, so, you know, I guess real quick before we jump in here and see, this is what happens when Missy says, Miguel, I need you on this one um, or get on this one. I don't need you because she doesn't need me at all. She is super brilliant. and But I do want our audience to get to know you a bit. Like, right. who are you? What do you do? Where do you come from? Uh -huh. 
Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So, hi, friends. My name is Missy. I am my day job during the day. And I say that, but I'm a social worker, so we're never not in our day job, right? I am a program manager of a local child abuse and neglect program in Southern Indiana. And like, like Miguel mentioned, South Central Indiana. And my passion is, as Miguel mentioned, is talking about equity. Let's talk about inclusion. Let's talk about the world as it is and the world as it can be. I fully believe that if we don't talk about these things, they won't get better and that there is a better. I think a lot of people, a lot of people in my space would say that optimism could be problematic at times, but there is a better world. There are people doing this all, you know, life and in other places and they're making the world better for those around them. So that's what this is about. That's bringing people to the table who can tell us what is the story and how can we bring better to our area? I think that a lot of people who we are going to talk to are going to tell us very similar stories in that these things don't exist here or they can't exist better. So we're going to find out how. We're going to find a roadmap forward and give a new hope, as you mentioned. A new hope. Let's get it. And, yes. and you know, yeah, and it's cool. Like, I think I think in this new world, right, you know, so a couple years, well, I guess it has been a couple years, it's right? Been a, it's been a while. Pandemic, couple years, mm-hmm. Breonna Taylor, you know, um, George Floyd, yada, 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 and so on, and it continues to happen. But so in Southern Indiana, I guess to backstory this thing, we had this committee that was formed by a, a group of non nonprofits in our in our community that said that they wanted to tackle the challenges that our community was facing because of COVID. And someone made the statement and said, well, racism exists in Southern Indiana because of COVID. And it <laughs> just made me chuckle. And I thought, wow, how ignorant, how naive. And then I was like, I hope that's ignorance, right? So. Well, you know, I hope that was just a lack of knowledge. I hope so. And I hope that we're taking away that excuse now. Yes. We're going to talk about it. And so on one of those calls, I remember challenging the group of leaders in that space because we kept talking about equity and, you know, they kept saying, you know, this and that and this and that. And finally I said, you know, I asked the, the, the room, what does equity mean to you? And this is a group of leaders. These are our economic development leaders. These are our heads of nonprofit, our heads of charity, our heads of foundation, our heads of social organizations. And none of them could answer the question. And I thought, you know, how awkward or how strange we want to serve a group of people and bring them equity, but yet we have yet to define what that is within our own institutions. And, you know, the bigger question, question then became, does your institution create equity within itself for its 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 diverse population or its disenfranchised populations? So nonetheless, this is bringing it all forward. And today we have a really cool guest, new to podcasting, I heard, wink, wink. And so we get to embarrass him. We get to pop his cherry. Oh. Um, if, if I get to say <laughs> that, uh, I'm not going to apologize. I told you I was going to keep it clean. Just, well, that may be, well, whatever. <laughs> Innuendo <laughs> still included. I do apologize. Exactly. I discriminate against everybody. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Equal opportunity. Yes, absolutely. That's equity. <laughs> Is it, right? So don't cancel me this time. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'll behave. So, Missy, do you, I mean, so here's a fun part, right? The thing about Common Conversations is that, you know, over the years, we've always had different people. And yes, I'm always the lead host, but I'm not always the lead host. So, Missy is actually going to lead us on, on along this journey. And so, she has the keys to the vehicle, which means that at some point in time, she gets to look at me and be like, shut up, it's my turn. Um, mm-hmm. And we haven't, we haven't, we haven't learned how to do that um, um, quietly yet. Yeah. No, no, no. He'd be like, he's, he's telling me to talk now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, friends, we are excited. Again, we're so excited that you're with us. We're excited that you're giving us some 
half an hour to an hour of your time today to talk about how we make this world better and how we make this area better. If we live here, we're invested. What, what can we do? And to that end, we have Eric Jordan with us today. Um, Eric is the Diversity and Inclusion Strategies Manager with a local chamber of commerce. That's a lot of words, Eric. Yes. <laughs> it is. Um, Eric, tell us about yourself. Yes. Yeah, so I'm Dr. Eric Jordan. Um, I was born and raised in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, I've lived here my in- entire life. And I have been doing DEI work for almost a decade now. Um, I have been doing DEI work in academia for Oh, I would say four or five or so years, you know, focusing a lot on how to hire and re- retain diverse faculty and then how to encourage and give support to those faculty to then go out and interact with a diverse group of students. So how do we, you know, how do you hire and retain diverse faculty, but then how do you enroll and retain a diverse student body? So that's certainly what 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 I did when I first got into the DNI space. I did a lot of DNI research. I helped set up a lot of different workshops and things of that nature, just, just trying to get my foot in the door. And then in the year 2021, I was hired at the Chamber of Commerce. And I, you know, have have the job title that that you read. It is a mouthful. Mm-hmm. The, the Diversity and Inclusion Strategies Manager, where I do pretty much all things DEI from planning to strategy to building workshops to analyzing policy and things of that nature to make sure that, you know, that our business community is as equitable as it can be. So Eric, tell us, let's back up just a second to talk about what a chamber of commerce is. What is its function? What does it do? Mm-hmm. So a, a chamber of commerce is actually something that's that's very common in pr- pr- pretty much every city. A chamber of commerce is like an ambassador for business locally. So a chamber will advocate for business policy. It will work with with other businesses to help them grow. It'll it works in the the interest of a business scene. And so where where I come in is I you know work with the chamber to work with other businesses to you know broaden their their DEI programs and policy um, and to bring equity to to those spaces. Okay, okay. So let's uh, so one of the questions that we had early on was mm-hmm. it sounds like that's a new position within the chamber mm-hmm. is DEI DEI specialty. Mm-hmm. Why now? Yeah. So I get that that question a lot. Like. Why now? And my my kind of corny answer is, well, there's never a better time than now, right? Like, like wrong. you know what Not I mean? <laughs> but I think that the the real reason is because there is this hunger for it. I mean, there there there's always been a hunger for it, but but it's a lot more mainstream now. It's it's a it's a massive community hunger now. Um, especially after, you know, Breonna Taylor's murder and uh Louisville was was the big impetus for a lot of businesses coming to together and saying, enough is enough. Like we need to start addressing issues and we need to start dealing with, you know, systemic racism, state sanctioned violence. I mean, all, all these things that, that plague our community and communities all over the, the nation. So, you know, it's, it's a lot of that was just this like really big eye opening, like out in your face instance of racially motivated violence. Mm -hmm. And, 
our business community came together and said, well, how can we deal with that? How, like, what, what, what role can, can we take in making sure that those kind of things don't happen again? So I'm curious to, in this space, right? So chambers across the country are, are, are in this, they're doing this thing. They've always been in diversity. Mm-hmm. We've always been in inclusion. Mm-hmm. And their primary focus is the interest of business, right? Business in a community. Mm-hmm. So why now? Like literally why now? Like what all of a sudden is the interest in growing black owned or brown owned <laughs> businesses? Like where's the, you know, and, and what are the goals behind it? Like are there real set aside, I hate that word set aside, but we're going to use it for today. Sure. But have they really put tactics, objectives, and goals behind creating an equitable playing field and an equal playing field at that, right? Is, or is it or is it just a trend, right? It's a, it's a big hunger trend because we're watching larger white organizations take a take losses that they hadn't had previously um, that they're having now. And we know that is directly related to, right? Where's, you know, I guess Fed Bank has come out and said things, you know, economists have come out and said directly racism is destroying the fabric of our capitalistic opportunities. Mm-hmm. Why now? <laughs> well, I can say that the chamber that I'm a part of, we are definitely trying to put in place very, you know, in, intentional tactics and structure to make sure that that we that, that we work with other companies to make sure that they are also doing the the same thing. So so that's what I'll, I'll say about my employer. But well, what I'll say about other companies, I think that what you bring up is a good point. There there are certainly companies that I feel like get into the DNI space and really want to engage with it now for more selfish reasons. Um, you know, like like I was saying earlier, you know. There are some companies that want to launder their reputation through it that see DNI as a way to escape their own history or their own, uh, you know, past with with racism. <laughs> you know, like maybe a company had a major racist scandal a few years ago. Well, DNI is the perfect way to sort of launder their reputation and to sort of clean clean it up, right? And then you have others that, like like you said, you know. Are, are so interested in the business case for for diversity as it pertains to to their bottom line and all the research shows that you you have a diverse uh, em, employee base you know that that's going to help you raise your your bottom line it's going to make you more innovative so there is certainly that that the aspect of of self-interest with 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 some companies but of course what what you get from a company in, in terms of its strategy its tactics its intentionality it varies by by company and it varies by the leader at that company. So one of the things that you had mentioned, Eric, um, that I loved this allegory and I want you to bring it back, that certain companies use DEI positions and programming as car insurance. Can you speak to that? (laughs) Yeah. So that's an allegory um, that I think is... very ap- appropriate for how a lot of companies handle D- DNI. That a lot of companies will just see D- DNI as something that they have to take on very begrudgingly, right? It's like, well, we have to have this so that we don't get canceled, or so that people don't don't beat us up on Twitter, you know, or Facebook, you know, or or wherever. And so, a lot of companies see DNI and treat it as a sort of like a box check, right? So, all right, so we hire the token 
minorities to to do the work check we have this little training check you, you know what i mean so it's 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 very much like car insurance mm-hmm. you know it, a, a lot of companies will treat it the way that people treat buying buying a new car it's just like okay i got the new car well i don't want to get arrested in it you know so i i don't want to get pulled over so i have to get the insurance mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. it's going to cost i don't want to pay the money but we have to have it so that we don't get in trouble and that's how a lot of companies treat treat the work unfortunately so I'm curious, and one of the things that we t- are going to be talking about a lot on this podcast are the stories that we tell. Mm-hmm. And what stories are we telling about DE&I work, about talking about equity and inclusion in the general population? Does it feel to you from your position that people are open to having this conversation and they're, it's time and they're ready? So there are, I think, two strains of storyline that people tell themselves. <laughs> there's a really positive one and there's a really negative one. I think both sort of limit the scope of DNI. So the the negative one is the one that that we all know, right? That that the more you talk about racism, that that just keeps it going, right? Or that, you know, that if, if if that if you bring up all of these issues, then you have to be the racist, right? Clearly, you're the racist, mm-hmm. Missy. I because, am <laughs> because you want to talk to me about racism, exactly, right? <laughs> and that's all I want to talk about. Yes, <laughs> right. So you know, you you have your your typical re- reactionary you know um, story that the folks tell themselves that it's all about strong arming and and, and browbeating white people. It's all about holding white people accountable for things that their ancestors you know the, you know the 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 usual stuff yeah you know but also not a bad thing to be held accountable ab- ab- absolutely <laughs> but you know there mm-hmm. there, there are mm-hmm. people who who see that as a you know a, oh, oh my gosh well how how dare you right right um and so that of course limits the the scope of of the work be, because it's an inaccurate picture of the work but then there's another strain that i think is you know like the hyper positive you know view of what 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 dni is so there's this idea that that dni especially the like equity portion is very one size fits all it's very like get as many brown and black faces in a room get as many skinny people fat people mm-hmm. short people in a in a room and you've solved it Every, everybody clap <laughs> you know like do your best jet bush please 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 clap please please right? please. Please, please please clap you know like you you get as many people who look different sound different in a room and the confetti falls from the ceiling racism sexism ableism oh, has cured. ended we have the, cured racism we have cured it <laughs> yes jesus has touched our forehead Woo! it is cured okay and so and so you know that that's that's a story and a a lie about how you achieve equity. And then there there's another one where that DEI is purely about the implicit bias training, right? Right. And well, implicit bias training is certainly useful. It's not useful by itself. That that's what research shows us. Um, but implicit bias training or or really just seeing D DEI is simply as training doesn't do the work justice either because a lot of times organizations will do training as a one-off mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or they will barely fund it or you know a lot of training they'll just sort of find anybody just to do it just to check that box right mm-hmm. it's like look we 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 did this for our car insurance right so you know I think those are two narratives that I think harm 
you know, D, E, and I be because they're so reductive and they're so simple. Mm-hmm. And and then and they're very comfortable as well, and they help to maintain a status quo because you know just simply putting DEI in the box of training is very is very easy for any corporation to do. It it requires very little work. I mm-hmm. mean. Mm-hmm. Just have a little budget, hire some someone you you see on LinkedIn, do it once, cool, box boxes checked, right? Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know. So, yeah. so what's the truth though? Then if those are reductive mm-hmm. and those are the stories that kind of float around, you know, our area, mm-hmm. what is the truth as it relates to DE and I work and what does it take if it's not just a training? Well, it it takes in, intentionality, it it takes a structure of accountability, and it takes self-reflection and really understanding, is this what you and your organization truly care about? You know, do you really care about Black-owned business? Why? You know, but but what DE&I is, I mean, it's, it, of of course, it is also training. I mean, there there is certainly a, a, a pathway into and through DNI work that's purely training, right? But then you have, you know, like forming ERGs. Then, then you have giving your leadership, you know, the tools to actually speak to equity. There, yes. Can can you, uh, for those of us in the non-business world, can oh, yeah. you define ERG? And ERG is an employee resource group. So it is a group of like-minded employees who may sh- who who maybe share a similar background, a similar history, you know, who come together to talk about that experience, to support each other in in the workplace. It is it is a core part of economic and organizational justice. You know, I call it organizational justice. You know, um, I love that. Yeah, um, thank you. So you know, I think that those are the things that DEI you know is. It's 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 a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. But what it what it ultimately is is at least it should be I, ideally a form of organizational justice, really just a, a form of, of of justice. Period. But too often the justice is re- removed. It's just kind of a performance. It's just like okay, we did it. We got our car insurance. Stop bothering us now. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know. <laughs> yeah. So, is it possible? Do you think? Because I, I feel like a lot of businesses in the area, a lot of agencies, want to want mm-hmm. equity, and they're like, "Well, we'll just, you know, what we're going to do our best to hire a diverse staff, mm-hmm. without intention and without knowledge, and and some kind of training to do that." Does that ever happen? Can you train or not train? Hire a diverse staff without being a, very intentional about it. I mean, you can possibly accidentally, <laughs> um, you know, just... I tripped over a diverse staff. Right, like, oh, look, I, I, I tripped over this 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 person, <laughs> you know, but I I would say no. If if you want the best results, a, a, a staff that is not only diverse, but to have staff policies that then speak to how you support those those staff members, to how you support people whose needs differ from, from your own beyond just the typical organizational status quo, that takes in, intentionality and serious thought mm-hmm. and real strategy. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's partially what, what, what my job is, right? It's to really look at, you know, are we intentional? Are you intentional? If not, how, how come? 
well, what are the barriers to that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and and sometimes we we find that the barriers to in, intentionality is the status quo, right? Or this this desire to be comfortable, you know, that that I think really dampens the intentionality piece. Can you speak to what actually what are the benefits to hiring a diverse staff and to being more equitable and inclusive in your workplace? Sure. So hiring a diverse staff has all these different benefits that that research shows us. Of course, it makes your company uh, more innovative. Um, you know, you have a bunch of different people around the table designing products, you know, just for for example. Then you are likely going to get multiple different pers- perspectives on that that product versus if you, for, for example, have an all-white staff. Mm-hmm. You might have a product that only works if it scans white skin. Right. Which which we've seen numerous examples of, <laughs> you know what I mean? But if, if you have a diverse staff, then you can make sure that that those problems don't arise, at least, you know, in theory. So not only are you more innovative, but you also have better problem solving be, because, again, you have a lot of different people who come from a different background. They do different things. They can sort of see problems from from different angles. And that of you know those those things help make your 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 business stronger, better, smarter, faster, more modern. Okay, mm-hmm. um, so on on top of the fact that you know having a diverse business, having one that focuses on equity, also keeps you from getting beat up on social media. I mean, a lot of people are looking. The streets are talking, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and and if your company's lily white and it's and it's been that way, people are going to give you the side eye, and they're going to start asking questions. And if you don't have answers to them, oopsie daisy. Now <laughs> now look, you you just got a black eye on Twitter, <laughs> right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I have an interesting question as we as we go down this journey, right? Because mm-hmm. we know that that companies that are diverse tend to innovate at one point seven times more than those who don't that don't have diversity. Mm-hmm within them, mm-hmm. right? So we're, we're talking economics and we're driving that position. Sure. And I wonder, and, I, and I'm speaking specifically to our home, right? Which is the Louisville, Kentucky region, Southern Indiana. And, and I think whoever listens to this podcast can ask the same questions because a lot of times we get stuck at looking at the national, right? What are we doing nationally instead of looking at what we're doing locally, mm-hmm. right? And so when we talk about economic spend from governments or large business in those sectors of economically challenged small businesses, so specifically black and brown, and, and white women, right? But black and brown as a whole. When we talk about intentionality, and I don't, I don't know if your organization does this, which would be interesting to see. But are you seeing in the DEI space locally where there are intentional goals to to be set upon to create contractual, real contractual opportunities um, above and beyond the standard systemic way we've been doing it. And a lot of that is through minority certification. We won't get, well, we can get on that if you want to. Sure. Are you seeing anything different in essence? And I, and I guess even adding to that, I know this is a long, a long question, right? But what is intentionality, right? I mean, what's the meat behind intentionality? Like, I've heard a lot of people say some wild shit in the last couple of weeks, right? Equity, equity, equity. And then when you ask them, define it, huh? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, so we're being intentional. Well, what are you being intentional about? Are right. you being intentional about bringing black people to the room? Are you being mm-hmm. intentional about giving them the power to make the change mm-hmm. 
that many of many of the people in our society are struggling to allow to happen, mm-hmm. right? Because it goes against systematic positions that we know have been successful, not broken, mm-hmm. designed to be successful the way that they are. So I know that's a loaded question and it was a lot. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just going to let you jump in there. I just want your opinion. That's okay. <laughs> Um, so where do I start? So I know that uh, that that the chamber that that I'm a part of, um, we we certainly do try to be innovative in getting those contractual opportunities out there. We actually just started a supplier diversity event that that we held at at, at this point maybe a month or so ago, where we are very specific and very in- intentional about connecting small, uh, I, I would say pri- prim- primarily Black-owned businesses to larger companies that they would usually not have as much access to for well, whatever barrier or whatever reason. And we 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 do that be- because, one, the community wants it. You know, folks tell us that that is something that that they certainly want. Two, it's 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 a way to help build businesses beyond just asking them to get certified, and then you know you 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 go and talk to a company, and you know hope you know hope hope all works out, right? So you know that's something that that we certainly do. The other parts of your question, please re- remind me. There there are a lot of parts to, to your question. <laughs> <laughs> it was Sorry. a layer cake, and I just thought of it, so I can I can go back and be like, oh, by the way, I said yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. You know, what's the intention? I guess, and to sum it up, what's the intentionality? What are the goals? What are the objectives? In the words that we're hearing, DEI people in these spaces say we're being intentional. What what's what's the measure? Intentionality is purposeful. It is it is direct. It there there is a literal plan of action with actual step. At least as you know the way that I think about it. You know, actual goals and actual plan. Like if if you if, if you see a company you know that, that that has like a strategic plan for diversity then 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 i would say that that company is taking strides to be intentional they 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 have a roadmap for what they are trying to do they have metrics in place for what they're trying to do ideally and they are going to follow that 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 roadmap in the hopes of achieving those metric goals and that to me is an example of intentionality, um, at least in, in, in a workplace. So let me, and Miss, you cut me off, you jump in here. So mm-hmm. I, I'm just curious, I mean, I'm going to just keep jumping in here because sure, you keep, sure. you know, so in this intentionality with this mm-hmm. metrics and these goals yes. and these things, yes. and we're championing this new trend of mm-hmm. equity and, and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and our spaces. If we're using the same system of measurement and execution as we were using prior to this whole equity idea, but using it for what, and uh, what, inclusion and diversity, Mm-hmm. Is there any? I mean, should I have any, as a as an as a business owner in this yeah. community? Should I have any hope that you'll do anything? Not you, the proverbial sure. you who's out here sure. will do anything actually different. Will we come to some arrival and achieve some greater movement toward true equity? And so, for me, equity is about ownership and power and position, right? Yeah. Yes. Being able to dictate and write the policy that is going to allow me mm-hmm. to grow both in wealth, both in health, mm-hmm. um, et cetera, et cetera, and allows me. To truly be part 
of a community. Mm-hmm. And so often we're like, be a part of the community. But then when we sh- when black people show up, it's like, well, we didn't want you to be that part of the community, mm-hmm. right? right? Not like that. We wanted yeah. to see you. We just yeah. didn't want to hear you, mm-hmm. right? Or we want to hear you, but we don't want to see you actually have any. We are not going to give you any power. Mm-hmm. We're not going to give you no budget, mm-hmm. right? We're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna give you ten percent of a hundred percent of a pie, and we're gonna only offer to ten percent of the black population. So we're mm-hmm. gonna, you know, that whole crabs in the barrel mentality yeah. is actually manufactured and created. Yes. So I'm I didn't get. I'm see. I'm going on a tangent. This is why I shouldn't be <laughs> doing this, Missy. <laughs> no, so I'm curious. It. Go. Uh, yeah. So I I I do agree with you that there is currently a limitation there, right? So a, a lot of businesses, a lot of organizations do sort of operate on these very traditional, very like almost hyper-capitalistic ways of viewing equity, of viewing diversity, of viewing in- inclusion purely from the standpoint of numbers and percentages, and, you know. But none of that really empowers people in, in, in the way that you're suggesting, right? And so, you know, I do agree with you that that there does need, need to be a shift. But like I was saying earlier, the status quo is a very powerful thing and it 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 shapes a lot you know this this need for tradition you know to keep executives happy you know this 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 desire to you know main to to maintain a system that maintains a certain hierarchy of power it's one that that we do have to under, that we we have to figure out how to overcome so I guess that was my question is like, let's talk about power dynamics yeah. and how do we bring equity knowing and understanding mm-hmm. that that means somebody who holds power at the top mm-hmm. has to give that up. Yeah. So how could you speak to that person about, you know, what it means to bring equity, that it's going to cost them something really tangible? What is that? It's, well, one, it's a challenge. <laughs> um, it is it is not easy to wrest power from the hands of the powerful. Mm-hmm. Because that requires a lot of self-reflection on the part of the powerful and a lot of humility. A lot of powerful people just don't, don't, don't have that, you know, (laughs) Um, you know, and people, you know, it's, it's something that I'm still trying to understand. It's something that I'm still trying to navigate my, myself, you know, how do you shift power from, you know, dominant, rich, white men, right, Mm -hmm. to, you know, black folks, you know, to poor people. That's something that I don't think the business community writ large has a good solution to yet, if I'm being honest. Well, thank you for that honesty, though, for sure. sure. So one of the things we want to give people and give our listeners Mm -hmm. is a way to bring justice and equity to their own world. So what if we're speaking to someone who isn't sitting at the executive table, Mm -hmm. they're not on the board of directors? How can somebody just in their own community Mm -hmm. and in their own place of business bring equity and create an equitable and inclusive space? So I would say, you know, one is that you have to want it and then you have to demand it. And I would say that you start by forming, at least within a workplace, forming a community with your other coworkers, right? Forming that solidarity with with them. So I would say, you know, like I mentioned earlier, try to create an ERG, you know, or 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 some sort of group for your coworkers and um, colleagues. Now, the ERGs is, you know, it's it's just a small piece of the puzzle. It is not the entire solution to the issues, right? But it is one way to sort of build power, to build community out, out outside of the boardroom. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. 
it is a way that you can start to empower yourselves and give yourselves a voice because you can start to support your yourselves, give yourselves a platform that you wouldn't have otherwise had, or it would have had to have gone through the board or, you know, so I think that that is certainly one, one way. And to, you know, call out instances of racism inequality at your workplace now that that is easier said than done for for certain places but you know if if you have the leg room if if you have the wiggle room definitely you know call it where where you see it mm-hmm. if you see inequality if if, if you hear racism call it out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know give yourself a voice you know don't don't wait for permission from from people to to give that to you you know so so those those are a a couple of things that I would that I would say. I love that, Eric. Is there anything that you hoped that we touched on today that we didn't get to? Oh, are we almost out of time? We are. Oh my gosh. No, I time mean, flies when you're having fun. That, right? I I really like this. Um, I mean, I I think that what what we didn't get to are are things that we can that there are things that our community can 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 do to start to build equity, right? So I guess we 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 could start there. And one thing that I would say, of course, is to be able to define what what equity means to you and and your and your organization, right? Right, Miguel. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. Big fan, big so fan. I'm, I'm curious because we we talk about mm-hmm. we talk about diversity, inclusion. We talk about equity. Yes. We talk about social justice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have I have I have screamed for a while now um, in our own backyard and say, well, if we don't fund someone doing the work. Um, how do how do we how do we make the shift? How do we start to change this? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and and now that I'm seeing some degree of funding, yes, I'm wondering because I. I I'm a firm believer in do no harm mm-hmm. unless I need to hit you with a bat. I'm just saying that out loud. <laughs> you know, of if course. I got to hit you, understand I intend to hurt you. <laughs> but I do believe in doing no harm. And I've, I've been working with Nikki Lanier, who owns Harper Slade at 12 and used to be the vice president of mm-hmm. Fed Bank St. Louis in, mm-hmm. in Louisville. And she's launched this really great program. And so I've had the opportunity to sit in and listen to interviews with Dane Holmes um, and Alicia R. Scott, and who are all DNI, great DNI people in their, in their own space and leaders and developers. And and I continue to hear them talk about how sometimes all of us are skewed mm-hmm. and that when we get in this space, we can all disrupt the system or disrupt something so much that we we intensify the trauma mm. on all sides. Mm. Possibly, yeah. And so doing this work is a lot of work. Yes. And it's not easy. No. And I, I wonder, and you don't have to answer this because I know in a lot of times when we work for a company, there is politics that play a part. Mm-hmm. There are those. There are those who want change, but may not want change the way change needs to happen. Right. Um, and there are those who do not want change at all. Mm-hmm. But I, I do wonder how do we get into the work and challenge our own personal ecosystems, mm-hmm. right? To really begin to shift. And and I, I'm going to pick on GLI. I'm going to pick on One SI um, because I don't know. And if they're listening, this is a great opportunity to share with our community what you are or are not doing. But have they started doing organizational equity change within the organization before they went outside? 
Yeah. Right. And said, we're going to change the outside world, but we're not going to change our inside world. Um, we're not going to change our culture. Right. We're going to keep the same people who believe the same systems. And I'm a firm believer that just because you're black doesn't mean you want equity for black people. Correct. Yeah. And just because you're Hispanic or Latino or you're a woman and white women and black women definitely sit in different spaces sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it we, we still have this um, imbalance, I guess, if we would. But how do we so as we get out here and we start doing this work, how do we do it without causing further harm? Or is that possible? That's a good question. I mean, so we're gonna leave that for a later date. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll leave that one for a later date. Anybody in our community doing the work well? Yes. Who? I think that GLI is trying. It it is certainly doing the work now that that you know that that it's wanted to to do for from for many years. Um, I think that one one SI definitely try tries to do the work well. Um, I know, like you mentioned, Nikki Lanier. I know that she she's always doing doing the work. So those those are some some examples. Gotcha. All right, cool. So we got some examples of people doing the work. Now it's it's, yeah. it's um we need to, we need somebody to rattle them together, Bissy, um, and mm-hmm. put them all in a room. That's the hope because <laughs> we need a roadmap. Well, let's do yes, it. we do. Yeah, roadmap to success, right? So we can't, we can all be out here building railroads, and they all go in the wrong direction, mm-hmm. or we're all building railroads, and, and nobody built the train. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so super important. All right, cool. I appreciate. This has been a fun show. Yeah, we yes. think. So it's been great. I thank you so much. I hope you had fun your first time. I th- this was great. Have me back, please. Yeah. Oh, so, so you're now you're gonna get the itch, right? And, <laughs> yeah. and what happens when you get the itch is, yeah, you're gonna consistently want to do this. Yeah. So it becomes part of your everyday. You're gonna be like, yo, uh, how do I get on? next podcast. <laughs> microphone in my right? face. Right? Right? You know, so I'm surprised, you know, and we'll wrap this up because I know we've been on for a while. I am surprised that GLI has not created a a, a podcast yet about diversity, equity, inclusion, mm-hmm. and how do we build an ecosystem that supports uh, the, the disenfranchised business mm-hmm. enterprises that are out there. I mean, you know, I, I would think that that would also be kind of part of the work, yeah. right? It is, is, you know, resources, ERG, right? Yeah. I, you know, I wonder those of us in our community, those organizations who have these ERG programs, mm-hmm. what kind of resources are they giving those committees to work with? Mm, yeah. And yeah, what kind of changes are they using within those resources? I know we got to wrap up. Do you want to close? <laughs> you want me to close it? How you want to do this? You would, I, honestly, again, thank you so, so much for joining us. And uh, I think we have more questions to answer later. So maybe we'll hear from you again. Sure. Sounds good. But thank you so much. Thank you, Miguel, for jumping in. Oh, you're welcome. Ciao, Bella, good people. Peace, love, and hair grease. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>